FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Well, that was quite the long weekend, ball boys and girls. League One Ontario final goes down in a blowout. The CPL narrative is really FC narrative, and Toronto breaks my heart again. So buckle up, get ready for your source of all things Canadian. Welcome to the FC13 Podcast. I'm your host, Andre. Boys, I am joined today again by you lovelies, Paul, Michael. How we doing? It's Labor Day weekend, long weekend. It's nice and late. How was your weekend? Well, I'll tell you, I had an absolutely great weekend. And I'll, yeah, I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah, he's the only one. He is the only one who enjoyed this weekend. <laughs> not even Ottawa won. Not even Ottawa beat Edmonton for me. And the only one of us three who survived their their Derby Week experience with a happy face. Oh, I'm not. not. It's not, not fair. It's not a Derby. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's that's what hurts the most. Because at least Paul has that. You know, he's got that four nil win. Michael can be okay. Well, it wasn't really a Derby, so I'm just the one fucking sitting here with egg in my face, just all pissy and moany. That's why I'm I'm sad boy today. But. I mean, it is what it is. Toronto's kind of done what they normally do. They've let me down. I'm just... <sighs> but what we'll do is we'll not talk about that first because I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. What we will talk about is Groundhog Day the game. Valor and Forge twice. Back-to-back. Same scoreline. Same red card. Same minute almost. Like, that is literally the plot of Groundhog Day. I... I Paul told me that they were the same game ahead of time, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they can't be that can't be that same. No. You, if you just, guys, do yourself a favor, pick one. Just pick one. <laughs> That's all I got to do. Just pick one game, and you've watched them both. So, so this was Groundhog Day. I guess Forge are the Bill Murray of this, because Bill Murray's the one whose life gets ruined by it being Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at the end, doesn't Bill Murray come out on top? Well, we'll do some editing, mm. you know. We'll have to change it so it's not too predictable. Sorry, Forge. Um, yeah, I I feel like I'm the one with egg in my face, Andre, right now. I remember saying this podcast a couple of weeks ago. I thought Valor had blown it when they dropped points to Halifax and Halifax and Edmonton. And all I've done since then is win. Like, three games in a row at home. Three clean sheets. They've been very solid defensively at the back. And they've played three good... They've played three? Two good teams, Pacific and Forge, like... I did not see this coming, and the way they're playing right now, I'm. I really wouldn't be surprised if they do make that leap into the playoffs at this point because they've got all the momentum behind them. In hindsight, now those results against Halifax and Edmonton aren't too bad. Like you can look at it as like that Edmonton game gives them an extra point as opposed to like two points dropped now. The the goalkeeping thing seems to be working for them. They played Yesley and Siros in both of these games and. Dyer was suspended for the second game. It didn't really hamper them either. And I think alongside Rhea, he's been their been their best player all year. They they really seem to just hit form at the right time. They really have, and it's it's fun to see that. It's fun to see the players uh, react to this win. Uh, if you guys saw the video, it went it was all over TikTok of the Valor players celebrating in their locker room, which is actually surprised me. Their locker room looks nicer than their field, so that's cool. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, we've said this so many times this year where Valor, 
Um, they've been disappointing. They we don't talk about them because they're a kind of a boring team, but they're not that boring team anymore. They've showed up. Okay, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah, my bad, my bad. Uh, I'm the I'm the Gareth Wheeler of Fowler, I guess. Uh. <laughs> oh, garbage! Come on now, I thought I got yeah. better of you. <laughs> I mean, but it is it, it's good to, it's good to see them because you know we want that FC narrative. We need that FC narrative. And it's, it's just really playing itself out that way. I mean, Valor wasn't – like, they were out of the playoff spots. They turned their luck around. And what I thought was going to be the guaranteed of Pacific Forge, Calvary, you know, and Ottawa, now it, it's it's gone – it's literally gone from four teams guaranteed to be up there. Who's going to be first? Who's going to be second? To one quick slip up, and it could be anyone's five-team game. Yeah, they're not – I mean – Sorry, go on. Oh no! I, I mean, like the only one who really can turn this around for themselves and make a name is Edmonton, and you know we're all rooting for him. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Not, not only is Valor fighting for um, a playoff spot now, if the luck's in their hands, they can be like at number one, which is absolutely mental. Um, yeah, no. They, I mean, they went into and uh, sorry, they didn't go into Forge. They went into Val home uh, against one of the top teams, one of the best teams in the league. It took away six points, and as an Ottawa fan, I want to say thank you, and York. Um, who beat Pacific? Thank you. It's great to see Ottawa's luck turning around with other games, <laughs> um, <laughs> because even when we fucked up against Edmonton, the other teams are doing their job. You know, it's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you look at Forge as well. Um, I think they've just kind of like gone and hit the brakes at the worst time. They've gone over three hundred minutes now without scoring. Casillas was on fire not that long ago, and he's been scoreless in five. Campbell, yeah. he's not really been all the prolific goal scoring wise right now and he's only he's gone scoreless in six I know Jordan Hamilton scored against Calvary but he's not really played as much as you'd want him to at this point there's, there's yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't played more I, I don't know if it's just like they're embedding him in they're embedding him in still into the system because like Forge have got like some of the best team chemistry in the league they've got like multiple players have had a hundred appearances for them it's probably like a tough a tough team to break into in that sense but yeah, this is surprising. It's not really the forge we're used to seeing, is it? No, it's not. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I was just saying. I think Hamilton is the kind of supposed to be that depth man. But you think when it's not working, you you would put him mm-hmm. in maybe a little bit more. He did start uh, the game, the first game against Fowler, did he not? So, no, if he did, he didn't score. <laughs> no, he, he definitely didn't do that. But <laughs> I, I mean, if you're forge, you have to worry. You drop six points to Fowler. You drop two points to Ottawa. You drop uh, three points to York. It's not looking good. No. Uh, and, and that's what the, the scary part should be when you make the changes. So if you have the same squad and it's the same result, sure. But what I think is going to get them nervous is they made changes from the first game to the second and still ended up with the same result. And while Valor's obviously not a pushover, like it's not a, a pushover team by any means, I think... They're they're starting to get a bit nervous, come because you know they're normally high up. They're normally you know, I know it's a new league, but it was almost a shoe in for them to win. So now I think that pressure is getting to them a little bit because we saw it boil over. Like as soon as one thing bad happens, that whole team looked like they were ready to snap, and like the whole thing just boiled over really bad. So I I don't I don't know if that's really gonna like they're just letting it get to their head. I don't know if that's coaching. Or if that's just kind of the player mentality right now. I'm not even entirely sure Forge have took a step backwards. I think it's more like a lot of the league has like stepped up around them. 
like with them and Calvary being a two horse race, I think it's like like so Pacific and Ottawa have like improved to their level rather than going down to their level, which is I want to say thing. I agree with you, but honestly, uh, I've been following the league uh, since the beginning, and people have said that every year about Forge. Anytime they go down a a slump, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's just all the other teams are finally catching up to them, and they still pull out at least the finals off their ass. I think Forge will still have a successful run. Um, even if it's just to lose in the finals, I don't think they're they're out of it. I don't think this little slump is going to find what they do in the playoffs, but they they do need to wake up. I, I don't know what it is that's even going to do it for them, but I think they have to start with taking one game at a time at this point and really get that 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 win back. And that's and that's what it is. And avoid playing I mean, that's that's always what it is. It's always one game at a time. But you're this close to the end of the season. And they're gonna want to make that push. And if they go in with this on their minds in this streak, they're in a lot of trouble because you need to keep that momentum up. You need to keep that winning oh, momentum sure. up. If they just squeak in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out the first round. But speaking of momentum, Canada and Australia. <clears throat> wow, I'm sounding like a 12 year old boy here. Canada and Australia <laughs> actually played, uh, and it was a. I don't know about you boys, but that was fantastic. That one nil. I that game had so many shots, and honestly, I genuinely am so shocked that that was a, a one nil. May, may I start this one? Paul? I don't know about you guys here, but go on. <laughs> I don't know about you guys here, but like for my notes, I've just written down um, Kayleen Sheridan as a goalkeeping goddess. <laughs> <laughs> with um, of so many of Canada's like starting defenders out in this game, like she. Like, don't get me wrong, Canada defended well in times, but like Sam Kerr really was really dangerous the whole time. She ran Canada riot at times, and she had so many chances, and Shedden just stood up to the task every single time. This is like this is a player who's considered one of the elites in women's football, Sam Kerr. Like she's a talismanic player for Australia and Chelsea. So like to be able to do that, and you can see you're getting annoyed at times. Well, it was incredible. Like we well know Shared how good a keeper Sheridan is, but like it's just great to see it like on a consistent basis and just know like we have that solid last line of defense because it just breeds so much confidence for the rest of the team as well. Like I just wanted to give a like a quick word out to Killian Sheridan. I thought it was an outstanding goalkeeping performance throughout. <laughs> um yeah, I just want to say um I'm not a fan of these late night games. I almost missed this one. And the only reason I saw that it was, I remember that it was on, is because I went, I got up in the middle of the night to go get a drink of water, and then I saw the lineup posted on Twitter. So that is why I caught this game. Well, some of it. I watched the first half and fell asleep during halftime. <laughs> but uh, from what I've seen, I didn't miss much. Um, I'm not really sure who you take this up to, Michael. It's time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll call Australia tomorrow. Complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just call them and just have them change their time. Because the next one's like three or like three a.m. my time. I think one in Sydney on this week. Oh, oh I, I, I was the same scenario as you, Michael, because I, I was kind of like, all right, well, games, games in the morning. I wake up twelve. Okay, no problem. Have a you know maybe crack a beer. I have some other games I want to watch. Line up. Like and then it just told me the lineup was posted. I'm like, that's oh, a bit early. Really, you're pretty. <laughs> you're com- you're confident in your lineup. You're posting it 12 hours early. Fuck. I wish I was that confident. And then uh, I kicked off. And then my phone was like, kick off. I'm like, oh, all right, that makes more sense. And then I just kind of tuned in. But I am glad I did. Genuinely, that that game. I was. I I did say <clears throat> that I was actually kind of nervous for the women's team 
But I just think that the women's team is proving that they're pulling the talent to make sure that their their senior squad is strong, is balanced, is productive. I just worry about the younger squads suffering from having that talent pulled. But if we can at least pull out, you know, shots like that and have cohesiveness like that, I that that goal was just outstanding. Oh, oh, oh fucking Christ. I just the distance that came in and the angle that came in on and I'm I was like do that again. Do that one or two more times. <laughs> Please. That was gorgeous. Threw everybody and right in the corner. Very- yeah, you see strikes like that from Adriana Leon to make it 1-0, and you're like, are, are you sure this Canada women's team have problems scoring goals? Like, you <laughs> the, just, just do that. Just Yeah, no, do that more often. I mean, there was only a couple times, too, that the ball just slightly wrapped around, and it was just, like, so, so exciting. I'm so excited for the Women's World Cup because I want to see that level of play against the U.S. I want to see that level of play against the U.K., and... If they can pump that out between now and next year, and with the more money coming in from the men's side and the women actually getting a part of that, I am so amped to see that level go up. Like, that's that's going to be such a good thing to tune into. And one thing we're going to look out for as well in the next couple of next game and maybe the next couple of months, Canada playing is um the women's team are currently ranked seventh in the world, and in order to be a top seed for the World Cup, they need to be ranked at least six. So the next couple of games Canada are going to play, they're, they're high-stakes games. Like, you'd rather, you'd, you'd want to avoid playing like a US or a Sweden in the group stage, right? You want to give yourself the easiest path possible and then build up to those games. So expect this next game against Australia coming up to like be just as like competitive. I'm not really expecting so many changes. I expect the likes of like Sinclair, Fleming, Grosso, Sheridan to like all start again. I can't imagine like, some of the new like some of the new players or like like Cass or or Larissa are going to start like these games have to be won to give Canada like that best chance at the World Cup coming up and which is going to be in Australia New Zealand again so like if you like the time difference for this game <laughs> get used to it yeah no that's true as well I guess but you know hey, though, I I do got to say I know you hated it Michael but at least me because I know right now there's no drinking for you but come that World Cup that might change though. Remember, yeah, that, that's it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot more acceptable <clears throat> to be cracking a beer at midnight than it will be to be cracking it at six o'clock in the morning. That, that so, is a good point. Yeah. I mean, you know what? You either get two options of those six o'clock in the morning games, which we might have, is crack a beer because you've been going all night, or crack a beer for breakfast. That's and true. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> neither one's going to make my parents happy. So at least the midnight game, I'm totally fine with that one. I want to go into the. Uh... Just something that I, I noticed about the game is, uh, I've uh, even though I didn't watch the whole game, I got a good message from it. But I've been bashing the Canadian women uh, offense for uh, since the podcast started because I, I still I felt like we've been on a slump ever since winning the Olympics. But uh, that this game was different. Though they only scored one in the box, they looked more deadly. They love that they woke up. Uh, I like the new players that they tried out. It, it, honestly, it was a better performance, and I think Australia is not an easy game. They did that's not an easy walk. And the women showed up, and they. This is the first game I was like, "This is the team that could go somewhere way better than how they played in the uh, the Concacaf." Even though some of those games they won like seven nothing, but when six of those goals are coming in the second half, it's a fucking problem, right? So to go up against better competition and come out without result, and in the box was were they perfect? No, they weren't perfect because if they were, they would have had more goals. But they looked at least 
more hungry and more um, able to make those uh, challenges on goal. Yeah, I mean, Australia's not a pushover. No. They're 12th, they're 12th internationally. They're by no means a pushover. So it was a good performance. I think they did really well. We we traditionally are powerhouses, so I, I hate being the Debbie Downer, but we have to. Like mm-hmm. this is this is our wheelhouse, and we can't falter here because now with the men's coming in, this this is where we need to shine. Oh, sure. If we don't start shining now here, like consistently across the board, one of them's gonna suffer. And I, I just don't want the women losing their bargaining chip because right now they're the only national team we really have that has any sort of like gusto. Right? We our men's the unders, all that stuff. Like they're the one that really can be like, we're the we're the powerhouse. You know, make sure we have our bargaining chips. Hundred percent. Um, speaking of powerhouses, Toronto absolutely fucked me. Um, why you're, 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 you're oh no, they weren't, and they didn't even spit on it. They just bite the pillow. I'm going in dry. It. I'm so. This is awful. Like I, I, I feel violated. Uh. I feel like football sanctity has been ruined. I feel I feel like I never want to drink another coffee again or a tea or anything that has a hot beverage. Um I have never never in my life wanted to just just see a city like I'm just thinking about just mapping out the coordinates and giving it to North Korea. Um and just say that there are weapons there. Like I I am so livid but the problem is, is that, as Michael's pointed out so many times, and this is why my voice is all fucked up. I was screaming at them the entire time, both sides. This is the problem. Montreal are the better team right now. They're better. They're well-organized. They're well-rounded. They're, they're, MLS is not a team of stars. It's not a team of stars. The team that pays the most never wins. That's just how it is. You know, it, it, it was very different when it started up, and the Galaxy was able to pump in money. And what they got was trophies out of it, but they also had a fucking hockey penalty shootout. So, like, that's next level bullshit. It doesn't mean nothing. It's it's now it's the team that plays well. It's better to have a good a team of good players than a team of a couple of great players. It just you have a more well rounded, balanced team, and it showed. Montreal constantly, constantly were just reminding Toronto again and again and again they were going to take this, and they took it for three. Yeah, Toronto responded. But when that last response is in the 95th minute or 94th minute, I think, what is that going to do? Honestly, I, I got to give it to Montreal. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> From the bottom of my heart. Um, but they, they, they dominated. Magnificent. My, my, magnificent, Andre. What, what a speech. I fucking hate myself. This is, and for anyone anyone who wants to know, we are on YouTube. We're on TikTok and YouTube. Um, if you want, you can watch me just drink a straight glass of whiskey um, just to cope with this. Chug, 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 chug. I feel like it now, <laughs> just based on the, the hurt, the hurt in my heart. So you're saying you, you can't win MLS with just a couple of stars you need a team. What about a couple of stars from Italy and a competent goalkeeper with that? Do you know what? <laughs> Uh, just having a competent goalkeeper would really do it. I think that would make a big, big difference. <laughs> it would really showcase that we're we're hungry for a title. Because, I mean, I love you, Bono. And Westberg, I'm on the fence about you. But it's just not. They had they had their star season. And I think, I actually think that Bono, and, and this is, I'm not going to go into tangent. I think Bono is actually a great keeper. But I think he can't command his back line. 
He just can't. Not when, when not when the players come in and out. Mm-hmm. When he had the same consistent squad, 20, 2015, 16, 17, when he had that, it was a powerhouse. It was an undefeatable wall. But when players get drafted out or they get taken or get sold or moved, Soon as that happens, Bono collapses. He can't organize them. He doesn't know what they're going to do. He doesn't know how to respond. And then we get these just comical errors, just absolute comical errors. And this is what happens. Like, look at, like, this is, it shows in the fucking standings. Yeah. Like, you've got Bono as a goalkeeper, but like, you would, you still haven't found what you're looking yeah. for, sort yeah. of thing. So and it's just, I'll uh, your opinion. Sorry to cut you off, but oh, so no. what I've seen uh, people can't complain about or, talk about was the additions of the Italians you brought in do you think they take away from the core like do you think they're like not necessarily selfish but they don't look for maybe other players if it's not each other like do you think they're trying to be the winners instead of working as a team I do I, and I think that's a star yeah. problem that genuinely happens I, I when they come in you get that scenario and you know you got it with Defoe and I'm not I'm not ragging on him. Obviously, he's an Ireland legend. Yeah, you're not going to let me get into my round there. <laughs> no, no. But but you you saw, and you have to show, like, yeah, he's a great player, but he didn't work because he came in. I'm the star. There was many instances of, like, no, I'm taking the penalty or I'm taking the free kick. And you get you get that nature. And so they're, they're, they're team players. They know how to play the team. But I feel like they don't trust the Toronto players. Like yeah, they just don't Ray, are they almost snub at times, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I mean you, you can't do you can't. Like they're they are the only ones you have on there. You it's not like you can be like, oh don't worry, I brought in four extra guys. Like they're actually off in the corner there. That's your team. You have to play to the ball to them. You have to play with them. You really need to go. Like the the difference that a team who works together can make is so significant. Because Philadelphia right now don't have any stars. But they're killing it. But they're killing it. Yeah. And think about the fact that they're on level with LAFC. LAFC has Kalini, uh, Tallini and Bale. And, yeah. like, it, it's the matter of having a good team. It just – it's going to do so much better. And Montreal just has that. They just got that working for them. Yeah. Uh, we're loving, we're, we're loving um, Andre's descent to madness here. But, like, we probably should give Montreal the props <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. So there's so many fantastic quality players that this game seen the return of Kamal Fonzo Miller with oh, that goal he had to make it 2-1 nice we had um, Alistair, Alistair Johnson popping in as well that strikers finish I love their midfield of Piet Wanyaba and Mihalovic savor him while you can in the MLS because he's going to go on to do great things with Alkmaar in the Netherlands there's just so many pieces to this team that I love. Like, they even getting Kai Kamara to still score goals, and the guy's probably old enough to be our dad's. <laughs> got Kyoto running a muck up top as well. There's no, like, real weaknesses in this. They've won nine away games. They've already broken their records, points, and wins total for a year. And the season's not even done yet. Like, what Wilfred Nonsey has done, like, some amazing things with Montreal and you know what I'm going to put it out there he could be in the conversation to replace John Herdman when he eventually moves on at this rate uh, what, what it hurts nah. what hurts for me the most is that seeing them score and do well but they have so many Canadian players because I, I want them to fucking <laughs> suffer but then when I'm like we see Kone doing well we see Piet doing well and we see you know Johnston doing well, and I'm like I want you to just not 
not be doing well. But then, I'm, <laughs> but then at the that. same time, I'm like, that's really good for us. <laughs> the creeps are good. Just remember, you uh, your performance for country has nothing to do with club. I'm sure it gets you into the team, but you don't need to succeed at club level. <laughs> Especially uh, in the MLS. It's not like they're playing in Europe, right? In the MLS, yeah. it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these players from Montreal, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move on. Like you said, Mihalovic is moving on. Um, Kony, we're going to get on to him later. When Yama's bossed it in Europe before. Like, there, there's players in this Montreal team that you are going to see on a bigger stage in the future, yeah, I, I guarantee it. Players like Alistair Johnson and Kamal Miller make that jump this summer, in all honesty. Um, I think Alistair Johnson could have done it this year, but I think he wanted to have another year in the MLS to maybe grow yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, get, grow. You're going to get more playing time. So, I mean, exactly. Larea, I, think, I think Larea is time. actually a, a, a cautionary tale. I think it's a cautionary tale. People are, are going to be like, no, 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 no. Don't just jump on the first European ship that comes by. Like, take your time and, and get some game time because of all of the teams, uh, I think Montreal has probably one of the best examples because of the french nature of it mm-hmm. you know you, you, people from the netherlands can teams of the netherlands because of so much french culture there can confidently bring them in knowing that they'll adapt right. quickly and, and efficiently so i think that that's where the benefits are it's smart to stay there and mm-hmm. and really gel and work together i do want to say i think the your your point about Lorea, i don't think you're wrong for some players but I truly believe the only reason Larea is back is because it is a World Cup year. I think if he this was any other year, he could be potentially on loan in Europe. But this is a guarantee some starts and good minutes too, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to say because we, we clearly don't know. We, and we'll never know probably. But I do believe, in my personal belief, I believe the only reason he came back to TFC was to get minutes for the World Cup. and Which I don't blame him for. And I, I actually respect the fuck out of him for that. I, I love I genuinely love that idea of <clears throat> bringing a player on, not having a place for him, wanting to keep him until you do, but then loading him to the team you just brought him back from. Oh, 100%. So, I love that. So, I love when teams do that. Yeah, because it's just you go back to your same apartment, to the same team, right back in your same slot, keep doing what's the reason why they signed you in the first mm-hmm. place, and just keep it, keep the ball rolling, and it, and it works out well. Ball rolling, though, speaking of, <clears throat> we're going to go to a quick break. Make sure not to go anywhere because there's some actually quite interesting and exciting news coming up. So stick around and we'll be back in a moment. FC 13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sports book and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show.
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed the break. We did, kind of, sort of. But moving on from that, a couple things coming up. You know, it's it's a slower, it, somewhat of a bit of a slower day, but transfer has come and gone. The transfer deadline has come and gone in Europe, and that is always big news. The Premier League spent $1.9 billion pounds on transfer day, and that is absolutely insane absolutely insane i think from a canadian perspective as well what seems to be insane is that like jonathan davis still in lille and looks like he's happy in lille he scored a lot of goals already at the start of the season all all summer it was is he going to go to man united is he going to go to ac milan is he going to go to chelsea is he going to go to bayern munich he's not even going to go down the road he's just in lille still which I've been on record on this podcast saying like I am entirely gonna I'm gonna be entirely selfish between now and the World Cup. I I don't want players making career moves as such for the future. I want them to be playing now ahead of the World Cup. So Jonathan David still being at Leo if it is for just like half a year. That's half a year where he's well not even half a year, just like three months basically. That's three months of him playing, scoring goals, being in a familiar environment being the best form he could possibly be for the World Cup. And, you know, he's probably, maybe he's looking at that himself as well. Maybe he's backing himself to have a good World Cup. And then, like, he's got more bargaining power when it comes to the giant transfer window. And maybe teams are desperate, like they're trying to get themselves back in the title races or rearm themselves for Europe sort of thing. But, yeah, it's, I, I can't believe he didn't move in a way, but, like, I'm really happy he didn't move. Selfishly, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Jonathan David was a guy that kind of wants to be on the move. I think he's done what he could do for Lil. I don't know if they're going to do much more with him, but he's still young. He has time to grow up. I know he said this last year as well, but right now it's this has to be his last year there. You think even if he goes to PSG in the future, I mean, I don't want to see that because I mean, I'm kind of a believer of once you've won everything in a league, what's stopping you from going to a better league? You know what I mean? Or at least I'm more of a challenge. But no, you know what? Good for John David. He's killing it with Lil right now, so I'm not going to complain too much about him. I am going to complain about Kyle Lahren's move, even though it wasn't on the window. Um, <laughs> I am going, and, and it is it is bit, um, kind of a pity complaint, but I, I'm just not a big fan of him not getting regular starts with uh, Club Bruges right now. Um, it's it seems like a really bad move now with hindsight, especially like, like Club Bruges saying I've got to pronounce this wrong, Roman Yaranchuk. For thirteen point six million pounds, and like so, they've already and he's just pushing Laren further down the depth chart. There's other strikers there at Bruce he's got to compete with as well. He's yet to start a game. We're looking back at it now, and like I know there's a talk of a move to Nottingham Forest. One thing a lot of people have been saying about Nottingham Forest this year is like they've got these new players, but don't really have a goal scorer. And like he's probably thinking to himself now. That was the move. I wonder, yeah. That 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 was the move. Nottingham Forest and like, I look. There's some criticism of Laren's like stats. Like they're maybe they're inflated because he scored a lot of goals against like the lower opposition in Concacaf in the last qualification um, cycle. But this is the guy who scored 83 goals in 198 appearances, both for Orlando and Besiktas combined in Turkey and the MLS. Like it's not as if he's a flat track bully. Laren is a good player. He scored in the Champions League before. He scored against the USA in Mexico. Like he's got Tejon Buchanan there with him, so it's not as if he's just like isolated in Belgium. It's just look, it's a long season ahead. Like you know, this we could this could look ridiculous in a couple months' time. It's only September, but right now, 
you got to think there's got to be a little bit of like frustration on Laren's part, like because this was a he was a free agent, he chose yeah, to go I, there. I, well, okay, so but one of the things and and what people don't tend to remember is that he did have a loan in the Belgian first division. Like he played for for Zolte Vargam. And that he had seven goals in there. He had uh, a couple of appearances. Like it's a scenario of familiarity. Like yeah, he, but... he's he, you know, you, you play so long for Besiktas, you're not getting interest from the bigger leagues. But he was. You're not gonna go to well. He yeah, he was, but at the same time too, what they're offering. Remember, interest isn't the same as as the offer. Yeah. Because you might get more money, but if they're like, if they're telling you, look, you're not on our priority, but we can't guarantee you the game time. He, he may have those guarantees at Club Rouge. Because remember, he played, he, he had 29 appearances and seven goals right. in this low, this lower team. That's, that's a fucking great stat. I, I think An absolutely. I want to know how much Buchanan maybe played part of his uh, decision and also being in Champions League. Like that could have been huge deciding factors for him because I don't. I don't know if Club Bruges was promising minutes the way it's looking. I feel like Forrest might have. And oh, who was the other one that uh, was serious? Was it Olympicus from a uh, Greek? I think it. Was, I think Galatasaray. Oh, but I mean, like, the Turkish yeah. league, like uh, the Turkish league, is an absolute shit it show is, right now. So like, don't don't no. go there. <laughs> no. And then and then again, for I I honestly think, and I know what you're saying about Larea, but I think Forrest, the Forrest scenario. Why, as a Canadian, would you go there right now? Yeah, and maybe that did. To maybe that lo- was a, like, maybe that was a factor. Like you I know, think for a lot of people, it's like they see the Premier League as the best league in the world. So it's like Nottingham Forest is the move before the move. If you can score goals for Nottingham Forest, there's a move to an Everton or like a Spurs but, or something but, like that in the future. You, you can't score the goals if you're sitting on the bench, and if you do, you're probably going to get a red card because they don't yeah, but like you that. See all the um, money Forest is spending. Don't you think that'd be attractive to a player like Laren? Yeah, but. Club Brews are no fucking pushovers. They got money to spend. Yeah, but it's not like, it, okay, so does hold up, Forrest put up the same money close to like number three in Europe or something. And then you get, but then you also have that player that they just signed from Canada who fucking saw what, like a combined yeah, 15 okay, maybe minutes in like influence, a year? But I mean, Laren is on a higher level than Laren. I mean, there, there does have a chance that, there does have a chance Laren spoke to Laren and he spoke yeah. to Buchanan and like what he heard back was, I'm going to Bruges, I'm not going to Forrest. Yeah, because remember, He's gonna. He's talked to him. He's one hundred percent talked, and I think that Buchanan, uh, like he went to another team with another Canadian. We have such a small pool. There's no way that wasn't Maybe. an influence. There's no way. It's not. It's not possible because statistically, you know, how is that? How are you gonna have those two teams? You have access to. You probably have both their phone <laughs> numbers in your WhatsApp to be like, bro. How was Forest? Bro, how's Bruges? You're gonna get like, eh, and like, I'm loving it. Uh, you're you're gonna go with the the one that you like, right? You have to be happier. Like you genuinely, you can't just think of like, great, they're offering me more money. Well, fucking cool, yeah. But if you're like, uh, you know, he's Laren's not no, a young. But in the World Cup year, don't you want the minutes? You absolutely want the minutes, and I bet you, <laughs> which we don't, but we also don't know the season did just. Start. Yeah, I know, but. I don't so, know. Um, speaking of being happy and like um, wanting to play in the right place and. Uh, Charles Andres Brem is another guy who's um we had high hopes for him I guess because yeah. like he made the he was playing for FC Eredivisie in the second division in Holland not 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 Eredi- FC Eredivisie sorry FC Eindhoven he's not playing for football club league <laughs> <laughs> he was playing for he FC plays Eindhoven. for he plays for everyone he is the, the league player 
His move for a spot at Rotterdam at this point is looking a little bit like a disaster. Like played a couple of games, did not look good at all, couldn't deal with the physicality of the top league, was sent back on loan to FC Eindhoven. He's 24 years old. He had his shot in the Eredivisie. Is this... Am I being harsh here and saying, like, get a new... Pa- I don't think there's going to be much of a fu- future for him for the Canadian national team. I know there's some possibility of people talking about it, but, like, I think at this age, not being able to, like, be physical enough for the Dutch league, I I, I can't see it improving all too much I for him. I think maybe a little rough. <laughs> I, I admire him for trying, but, like, I think that might right. be his level. I would say a little bit rough. Um, yeah, 24, but, I mean... Some players don't hit their prime until 27, 26, you know. So, I, I'm, I won't give up on him yet. Sure, he had a little bit of a rough spell, and he's back on loan to the club he came from originally. But I, I think he has some promise. I'm not giving up on him yet. There's a, there's a lot of competition there. I mean, like, he's older than David. He's only a couple That's years younger than Lauren. You've, yeah. got Corbino coming, you've got Corbino coming through. Ugebo's yeah. still there. Like, it's, it's a position that Canada's got yeah. a lot of depth um, in. And another position he got a lot of depth in is um, midfield. Obviously, this is the, the man of the transfer window, or the, the man of the not transfer window, um, Mr. Ismail Coney. Um, he likes, um, he loves a move to England and then not moving to England and then moving to England and then not moving to England. To be again. Fair, I think he was pretty clear from the start. <laughs> he did was... not want Norwich. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame. Yeah, I don't blame him. Like that's just a that's an absolute joke of a yo-yo club. That yeah, Sheffield I mean, United. God forbid no. you'd want to be with Montreal. <laughs> well, Nord. Well, if you think Montreal's bad, uh, how bad could Nordic be then? If he wanted, didn't want to go there. Oh, that raises that raises a good point. Um, my my condolences, is Montreal. Yeah, that Coney kind of uh, experience was weird on the window because everyone looked like it was done. I think most people thought it was a done deal. Um, I think, I, too, yeah. I, I mean, the next morning I saw someone post on Facebook and I, I put a comment, but I was like, I'm sorry, did this actually happen? Because I'm not seeing any confirmation. Um, yeah, no, it kind of sucks for Kone because I, I believe it may have been a visa problem as well that put it back. But I think at the end of the day, it's probably for the best. Because oh. what, what I... I have the information. Okay, one second, let me, I'll let you get to it. Shit. I, I was just going to say, in my opinion, what I would have liked is Sheffield to send him back to Montreal to finish the season. So my prediction is he's going back to Sheffield in the January window. I think that's all but confirmed at this point. Like, Paul Herkingbottom, provided he doesn't get sacked, you know, has stated that like, they are going to go back in for him. Um, the problem was Sheffield United were going to make this move on the understanding that they were going to all they were going to sell another midfielder. So they're going to sell another midfielder and then bring him in because they didn't really have the funds for it. They were looking to buy Coney for $5 million, which would have been like like big money when it comes to Canadian players. But the deal for the Sheffield United player leaving fell through, which means they weren't able to go through with Bancony. Now, I personally I'm fine with this because like I, you know, Andre can cover your ears here. I want to see Montreal do well. Like I want to see Canadian teams do well, especially Canadian teams with lots of Canadian talent in them. And Coney's like he doesn't start with Montreal anyway. He's like a player off the bench. Like he's not uh a big starter for them so I don't think I think getting more game time under his belt and being part of a championship winning team was down in good stead going to Sheffield United as well because like Sheffield United are looking good in the championship but I mean it's a championship this time two weeks time they could be 24th exactly. so um, <laughs> it's hard to get a gauge on where Sheffield United could be and it, 
I, I guess it keeps his options open as well. It's not as if like he's obligated to go to Sheffield um, in January, exactly. which I mean, who wants to go to he Sheffield in January? Offers, honestly, I, I, I don't think I'd be crazy to see. Yeah. He's been getting a lot of interest lately. Um, a player yeah. I wanted to talk about. Oh, sorry, if you had something to say, Andre. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I was just... <laughs> As I said, Montreal. Montreal is a good spot. People, people watch yeah. it, and it does. It makes sense to be like, these are my demands. They might seem a bit ridiculous, but if I can't get them, mm-hmm. I'll stay here. A player I wanted to talk about, and again, it comes down to minutes for me, is uh, Scott Kennedy playing the second division of Germany with uh, I think it's Jonberg. Um Last year, he was a very big part of their team, regular starter. Um, he's been having troubles this year to get into uh, starting eleven, and. I do believe that might turn around because this past weekend he got the start and there was a 0-0 outcome. So they got a clean sheet, which is something they've struggled to do. Um, so maybe there's, maybe what I'm saying now is totally pointless. But with him maybe being pushed out the starting 11, I was kind of hoping to see him get a move, maybe some big interest because he is a big player in that league for that team anyways. But I don't know, I don't know if you guys have much of an opinion on Scott Kennedy, but he was like a, a guy I was kind of hoping to see get a, a transfer to look for. Like I said, it's many a times position today, where there's a lot of competitiveness. I, I always want to like see playing that. in defense. Like you've I got always Daniel want to see Henry. that transfer happen. You've got Kamal Murray and, and to see like a bigger, bigger transfer kind of come up because Scott Kennedy is is like fantastic for what he is, but I I think it's a scenario where moving on. I don't. You, I, and you guys can can kind of you know clap back on this one. Would you prefer to see someone move up? And then do port like not not getting minutes is one thing like that just shit that sucks all the time. But like move up, but then do poorly, kind of thing. Or or would you rather sort of see him stay lower and do well? Right. Like I think that's the risk. I think, is I I would hate to see him move up and then right. Bomb, I think with right? me it depends where you're going, right? Because I think if you go to I think if a team at the bottom of like the Bundesliga at interest, he would go. And you kind of look at like, okay, is he playing poorly because of the team he's on, or is he playing poorly because of the league he's in? It's, that's two different stories, right? It kind of mm. like, uh, I don't know why I was going to use Harry Maguire, but that's just a joke altogether. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that is a good question, Andre. But I think it really depends on the move he does to make that assumption, or make that assessment, sorry. Yeah. I've- I think when it comes to in the international football context as well, you want what makes a player a better player. Like, you know, I, I feel like Stefani Stacco being a Polo, for example, like, he may not get as much minutes, but I mean, by the way, he was outstanding like, for Polo over the now, weekend baby. just there. God, it's going to change now. Exactly, yeah. but like, that was a concern that a lot of people had, but like, I think being at a team like Porto and the way they're able to develop players has made him a better player than if he stood still in um, Portugal, the team he was beforehand. So I think it very much depends what the players get themselves into. It, it's a, a, I just find though that Portugal and and Germany are two very different beasts. You know, Port, Portugal like has some of those runaway stars, oh, yeah. whereas Germany, it, it it really is just Bayern, Dortmund. Maybe. But when you come out of them, it, like there's still a better league overall. Like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth is going to beat fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh in Portugal. You know what I mean? Well. well yeah, that's it's hard to say because like the disparity could be so significant. Well, that's my like, opinion. We see... Take it or leave it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm not gonna fucking have either. I'm not gonna take it or leave it. I'm just gonna retract it. Uh, but unfortunately, kind of moving on, uh, we were gonna try to talk a little bit about the Ottawa players. We have kind of run out a little bit of time, but what we are gonna have to do is talk about some really exciting news in Quebec City. Now, it is speculation, but 
there are talks of Quebec City possibly getting a CPL team, which, despite my ever-loving hatred for Montreal, will exist for Quebec City. But the CPL, to me, will never be complete until there is a team in that province, and it has to happen. And I could not think of a better city than Quebec City to sort of host that. And I mean, Quebec City, you know, like, just absolutely stunning, eh? You know, like, what a beautiful place to play football. A beautiful place to play football. And, like, we, we really need to, like, do, like, the, the city aesthetic of the CPL. We need to raise that, you know? Apologies to, like, your, your Winnipegs and your, your Hamiltons out there. But we need we need more Quebec cities in there, like, places that look like that. And it's it's so untapped as a market. It's ridiculous. Like, like is there, like, a term for untapped that's, like, to describe it more? Because it's ridiculous. Like, it's begging for, like, a team of some sorts. And if you look at, like, how they are with, like, amateur teams, like the Laval Rouge et or the college football team, they get 9,000 fans for college foot- for college Canadian football, which is ridiculous. That's more than, like, a, like, CFL, like CFL teams like Toronto can get sometimes. The, the hockey team there, the Quebec uh, Ramparts, they basically play at an, L- an NHL arena, and they get a good following as well. It's it's a city that has been crying out for like a team for so long. And yeah, I feel like the sort of French culture of Quebec going off the sport of the sport of soccer, like we've seen in Montreal, it's a match made in heaven. Like this is something I really, really want. Like if I could pick just one more city for CPL to expand into, I'd want it to be Quebec City. Yeah, I think it's the go-to, and especially in Quebec. Um, you want a pro team in Quebec, they don't have it, so you want to be the first to kind of capitalize on it, like they did with um, uh, Halifax. And that's the type of crowds I think the CBS are targets. That's going to bring in big crowds. Uh, so- a friend, oh, sorry, soccer in Quebec is big. It is uh, pretty important. Um, you see a lot of the Canadian players through our history. Most of them do come from Quebec, I find. Um, so I think, they, I think Quebec is the place to capitalize. Now, I do want to ask this question. Where is this specific news coming from? I'm not like saying that this is bullshit or anything. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, Paul explained to us where this speculation is coming from. So this is coming from Soccer Quebec itself. Soccer Quebec has launched a market study with a research group called Journal de Quebec. It's an analytics and market and research group. And what they're trying to do is a study on the interest for the CPL soccer in Quebec and Quebec City itself, they're doing this in partnership with Quebec Soccer Association. They're both very keen and they're happy to help the project, you know, like maybe some funding or like trying to just like move some red tape out of the way. So this is coming from like Quebec soccer organizations themselves. They've got this third party like group in to take a look at how plausible a team would be in Quebec City. So this, this hasn't come out of nowhere. This is like a effort itself by the province. And like they want this. Like the province of Quebec tried to bring the Nordiques back from the dead like a couple of months ago. Like they they're really homing in on bringing sports <laughs> well, to this, to Quebec City Nordiques one way or another. So I mean if the if the Nordiques have to die so the Quebec City um Olympique impact Saint Germain can live, <laughs> fine by me. Yeah, I, they're they're just a, it's a big city. We don't have a lot of them in Canada. It's a unique city. It's got room for the infrastructure. It's got the money there. It it needs it needs something. And I, I genuinely don't think 
I don't think you can really call yourself the Canadian Premier League, at least until you have that representation, because it won't be not not a soul from Quebec is ever going to take it oh, seriously. Sure. I bet you any like they just that's their metric, and the PLSQ is perfect picking yeah. grounds. Like we see we, teams that have access to that picking ground have more success. Pacific League One BC, you have Forge League One Ontario. Ottawa, League One, Ontario. You have that picking ground where in your own backyard you can go watch talent playing and be like, I can pick these guys up for next to nothing and and I have quality talent that I can mm. watch and see how their development I, is. And it, it only helps. It only I, I always helps. want to point out, when the CPL first started, got built and everything, there was a rumor, I think it was Lyon, who was looking at a Quebec team. So... If they could do that and go back to a team, it doesn't even have to be Lyon. It could be PSG. It could be uh, Lille. It could be Marcel. If they could get that funding again, like I know people don't necessarily want another Atletico Madrid in the league, which I understand. But at the same time, with where we are as a league, I'm totally for it. And maybe 10, 20 years, no, I don't want maybe see that stuff. I want to see Canadian owners. I want to see not even just Canadian. I want to see owners step up and have it for themselves. But right now, I'm not going to say no to funding at anyone or who it is. Maybe Newcastle. But other than that, we'll, we'll, I'll take it where it comes. <laughs> now, now, all of a sudden, Canadian, like Newcastle is going to be like a huge sponsor, like looks to purchase like another team there. And all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia, Canadian Premier League. I shoot myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I'm not saying I would love that, but I am saying like I wouldn't say no because that would just I be. I promise you, I will like, jump on a new wagon very quick. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, now he's like, "Go forge." Um, but I think I think kind of jumping ship. We have to do that, and we have to talk about everyone's favorite and least favorite gaslighting the Luigi's game, mansion. ladies and oh, Luigi, Luigi. <laughs> We have to talk about Luigi's bench now. All right. My time to shine again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hosting this section. I'm going to, you know, Andre's feeling a bit sad about the result of the weekend there, so we're going to relieve him. Fun fact, though, did you know that a couple of players in the Montreal team, Kamal Miller and Alistair Johnson, used to play for Vaughn? And that's who we're going to be talking about this week on Penalty Quiz Out, the League One Ontario final between Vaughn Azuri and the Blue Devils to decide who is the best in the land of the province of Ontario. This game, if you don't know by now, is um, a series of five questions that correlate with the correlate in terms of points. So question one, one point. Question two, two points. Yada yada yada. Whoever gets the most points at the end wins. And let me tell you, things are pretty tight between these two. Andre holds a tight lead, but um, I mean, he doesn't have much breathing room right now. He's barely at arm's length from Michael. I'm a little bit further back. I'm so I'm on Team Asteroid to come on during this um during this game here. That would help me out. <laughs> So um, it would just rip me further to the bottom, but on that shocking and on that shocking note, that that stunning announcement of what I want to happen here, I think I should ask these boys the questions. Boys, are you ready to hear them? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I think I heard yes, so I'm gonna act like I said I heard yes. Question one. So this was a YouTube broadcast, and you know, League One Ontario love a weird start to their audio when it comes to when it comes to YouTube. So at what precise minute and seconds 
that they can we first hear audio during the YouTube broadcast? At what minute and second mark could we begin to hear audio on the broadcast? Question two. Um, so a lot of players have came through League One Ontario and have gone on to do really good things in football, like in Canada and abroad. How many players did the commentator mention, men and women, have graduated from League One Ontario to professional soccer teams? Now, he said the number was over a number, so you can say over something, and I'm going to give it to whoever gets the closest answer. Question three. Who assisted Mills for the opening goal? Who assisted Mills of Vaughan for the opening goal? Question four. Who gave the penalty away on the 42nd minute? So on the, around the 42nd minute mark, who gave the penalty away? And question five. This one's for your, this one's for your stat heads out here. This one's for the... For the the, cl- the, the clipboard fans. <laughs> this, um, what what tactical change did the Blue Devils make formation-wise when they went 5-1 down? Spoiler alert, I didn't know the score. So at 5-1 down, what tactical change did the Blue Devils make? We're going to go for a quick break and then we're going to hop, skip and a jump right back into this and put these two through their paces. There's no doubt you like sports. You've made it this far. So when you're done here, make sure to head on over to 13thmansports.ca for all your CFL, NFL, NBA, MLS, CPL, and so, so many more. 13th Man Sports has articles, podcasts, and a couple surprises along the way. So don't let yourself fall out of the know and make sure you get to know 13th Man Sports. And welcome back, Michael. You're slightly behind Andre right now in the standing, so I'm going to give you the option, my kind friend, of choosing heads or tails. I'll take, uh, I'll take the, uh, the, the heads, please. Tails. So, Andre, what's your, what's your poison? I'm going to make Michael go first on that one. Okie dokie. Oh. Okay, so, Michael, at what minute and second mark did the audio begin on the YouTube broadcast? I'm going to go with 8 minutes and 27 seconds. Okay, and Andre? Uh, So, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, I was at this game. And with that being said... I had to go back and watch it because I knew some bullshit like this would come up. So it was in the 14th minute and 53rd second. Yep, close enough. I had 14th minute and 52nd seconds, but like, I mean, whatever. Close, close enough. I I'm, gi- I'm giving it. I'm giving it. I was okay. originally going to say 12 minutes, but I was like, there's no way they went Batman without audio. I swear <laughs> to God, it literally went like 15 minutes it, of just silence. To, to be entirely fair, a lot of the game. Like a lot of the broadcast too was just kind of like them panning the camera around mm-hmm. and and showing everything. Uh-huh. You, you had to see they Vaughan. don't they don't edit oh. it. What the nice thing is, what you see 
from the live version is exactly what they just right. uploaded. So it, it is great. You do get to like experience it full, full live. Right. That's enough uh, stalling from you, Andre. What I need now oh, is yeah. you to tell me <laughs> how many players, men and women, have graduated from League One Ontario to professional soccer teams. And like they said, like over something was the number. So just as close as could you be, can. Could be over under. Uh, any chance I could stall just a little bit longer? I'm going to say 18. So over 18 players have gone on to play professionally from League One Ontario. Michael, so what are you saying? You said it's an over number, and I know there's a lot of women you get through. So I'm going to say over 50. My God, ladies and gentlemen, he's only going and going it right. Motherfucker. Can I? Over, Mother... over 50, Andre, you are selling League One Ontario down the river. I'm pretty sure League One BC is going to have that many players by the by the time their season starts up again, their second season starts. Never mind League One Ontario. Okay. I forgot about the women's team. I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so I feel so dumb. That's okay. Because I missed that. <laughs> um... Michael, question three. Who assisted Mills for the opening goal? Fuck's sake. I have no idea. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the starting eleven, and I won't make a guess from these. Uh, okay. Okay. I want to say this guy because I cannot say that name. Cozy Nawafonzo. Nawafonzo. Cozy Nawafonzo. Okay, Andre. Can you? Do you think you know? Number twenty-four. I'm gonna say cozy. I'm also not gonna try and say that last name. Well, They're if you watch the it. broadcast like me, you would know it's Cozy Norfonzo, and it is correct. All right, all right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> watch the broad- broadcast or not. Doesn't mean I'm not going to remember it and, like, look at the spelling of his name and be like, NWA. <laughs> no idea. Um, Question four. Andre, you're going first. Who right. gave the penalty away on the 42nd minute? Oh, I was... So I, I arrived at the game a little late. I fucking I'm try like literally um trying to remember exactly how that penalty even happened because I didn't get a stand in the seats. So I actually had to walk around. I got some cool footage. I think it was the keeper. I'm pretty sure it was the keeper um for uh for Blue Devils. I I don't remember his name. I know he's number one though. Michael. Other question: If I know his name and he doesn't, do I get the points? <laughs> yes. Uh, I have Lucas what? Berenstein. Yep, I asked. Yep, I'll give you that. Was he the goalie? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's okay. I'll take that point. Thank you. Excuse me. I'm getting those points. Thank you. Paul, Monster. you're the ref here. You make the ruling. I'm I'm looking at my own question now, and I just said who gave it away. I didn't say what was the name of the player. So I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm who? gonna be I'm gonna be generous. Oh, that's Baldex. Because I'm sorry, who sounds better than what position did he play? I'm just saying. <laughs> Michael, what? Ma- who? The keeper. <laughs> Michael, Michael. Yeah. You have the lead. It's okay. No one's taking that away from you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Until the final fucking Game question. Rigged. <laughs> The, the score is 9 to 8. We've got a humdinger here. We've got a high scoring game. We've got um, two heavyweight boxers just punching each other in the face right now. And um, question five. So, if you're not familiar with our rule change, because Michael is leading, Andre will go last. So, Mike, Michael, question five. 
What change did the Blue Devils make ta- formation wise when they went five one down? So what tactical change did they make? Oh fucking hell. I I I really don't fucking know this, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I I honestly I just after that first half I was like, well this kind of game and I just kinda of zoned out here and there. Tactical change. I don't know, they put on like five forwards. <laughs> Andre? And we're, we're talking just full, like, you know, 4-3-1 level, right? We're not talking about specifics and... Yeah, no, we're not talking specifics. Oh, okay. Because I'm just like, before I'm like trying to name drop, because I'm also... That doesn't change your answer, does it, Michael? No. Um, I, guess, I mean, okay, let me word it better then. They put like five guys, or they play like a five, uh, four, two type thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Because again, the positions and shit aren't, unless you're like listening to the commentator, they don't really, you don't know. They don't really release that shit. Um, I'm, I'm saying four, like a four, three, Three scenario, four three four scenario. <laughs> so the answer I had from what the commentator said on the broadcast is that they went to a three at the back. So based off you, neither of you getting that one because you like when you said five at the back, when you said four at the back, the score doesn't change. That means Mister Michael wins. Yeah, then. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, you're not bitching now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Only when I win, baby. I only seen when I'm winning. I only seen when I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, I'll do some ad. I'm gonna do some admin over the next couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen. But I believe if Michael is not tied with Andre, he's right behind him. We're in for a close title race here. We oh, sure yeah, are. Get in. And speaking oh, of close title races, rigging. This game. It sounds silly to say, but I didn't really think this was a five-one game, especially in the first half. Like I thought. Um, like, Andre, you were there. You might know better than me. I thought Blue Devils had quite a few chances as well. And, like, Vaughn's goals kind of came in a flurry. Eh? They, scored, they scored two goals just before halftime, one after halftime. Like, just some moments of madness when it, for the Blue Devils. And that, that kind of killed the game at that point. You know, like, those three goals just either side of the half. Like, it was game over from that point in terms of, like, a competition. But, like, it was still, a, like, an entertaining game to watch. Like I said before, the penalty and... Vaughn like managed to like cut himself adrift from Blue Devils. I thought this was a, a pretty good game to watch. They the penalty is what I think killed it. Yeah. Because they had they had a lot of pressing. They had a lot of power. There was a lot of chances for sure from the Blue Devils. I just don't feel I, I feel like that penalty kind of really set the tone. Because from there on out, it, it just there was no confidence anymore. So they were still getting up there. They were getting in the box. They're trying to get shots off, but nobody, nobody really wanted to push. When you go down two nil, you know, it's a final at that point. You're losing. Like you're losing. Especially against a team who have been unbeaten all year. Like mentally, that's difficult to get over. Principles of Ontario, baby. But it's not even that it's, it's the idea of because it's a one, a one game and done. So when you go two nil down, you are currently losing. So, so that penalty, I think they never wanted to commit and bring the players up like they were afraid of conceding again. And that fu- absolutely destroyed them. That messed them up because so many times 
I found Blue Devils were up there with no support. None at all. They would have someone get up there, and then one guy would trail in, and by that time, Vaughn had already made their way back. And and that was a hot, very humid day. Those players were struggling. And it just it was a scenario where they could have taken advantage, but they didn't. And that's why the, the scoreline stayed with only the one goal, which did give a little bit of energy, but when you're 4-1 down... By the time them coming back out of, out of the tunnel again, they were defeated. They mm-hmm. just they looked defeated. That you could feel it in the air. It's a formality in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you go down four one in one half, that is rough. You just don't come back from that, especially when the team with the lead is un- is unbeaten, right? And yeah, it'd be one thing if Blue Devils were the ones four one up, and exactly. like Vaughn, you know, like they know they have that ability. Yeah, but like as the underdog being four one down, it's how do you bring yourself back up with that? Oh, yeah, like, Elias right. was trying his hardest for Blue Devils, but like you said, there just wasn't enough around him. Mm-hmm. You look at Vaughn, like they had a lot of attacking talent. Like They had Mills. I thought Norfonzo was outstanding in that first half. He was, seemed to be involved in everything they did. They have a lot of they had a lot of attacking options up there. There was they they looked very dang- They looked very dangerous, and it's like no surprise to see that they won this game so handedly. Like. They've been outstanding all. They've been outstanding all year. I said unbeaten. Like you can't really complain about that, you know. I do feel bad. What I think kind of sucks though, because if I'm not mistaken, the Ontario Soccer Center, which is what this place is, yeah, is Vaughn's home, and I think that's kind of shitty. Well, to, like, I mean, they, they won the regular season league though, so like you get that home. Adva- they earned the home advantage. Yeah, but I I prefer Ontario. So many like why this wasn't played in a bigger pitch like. Or, or played somewhere central, like, you know, throw that bitch in varsity, throw them, you know, put them in a big central. It's actually extremely difficult well, to get I think to the, the problem with, Like, it is... The problem with what you're saying It's not is, accessible. It's the North American sports system, right? You have the playoffs, and what's the point of finishing higher than someone if there's no advantage? And that's your advantage, home field. But also, at the same time, too, you want you want accessibility and crowds, right? Like yeah, the still stadium 200 people showed up, was, though. Yeah, but imagine if that was fucking downtown Toronto. You have to get there by car. Bro, this is in, like, the industrial area. Yes, but... Like, there was no public transport. How did you I, get Like, there? finding parking was a nightmare. I had to yeah. drive. There's no, there was no public transit at all. If they had this thing, I bet you any money in Varsity or Lamport or something like that, that would be 4,000 people. If 3, you could allow me, guys, to self-indulgent here, my tiebreaker was actually how far away was um, this game played from BMO Field. You fucking piece oh, of shit. So the, and, you and have the, a fucking have a now in three hours. If, oh my god, I hate you. I hate no, I'm not even gonna humor it. I'm like not even gonna humor it. Well, not, the no, and, that the, was the like and, the tiebreaker. The, the long and short is like it could have been closer. <laughs> I mean look, I mean, like I said, it's a home field advantage. I get what you're saying, Andre. But you also have to you have to be cautious of that type of stuff. You go to a bigger arena, that's more a uh, cost for the team and you want to get you want the guaranteed oh. fans. You have twelve hundred people there. That's pretty. That's yeah, good but for here, this league. You can't ask for much more. You you it is, but it's also it could be so much better because Oakville's got a good following. Remember, there the stands were separated by the fans, right. and then on top of that too, there was no parking, and then you have no public access. Mm-hmm. You have no beer sales. No There's beer no sales beer at all. At all. Wow. None. That, yeah. Okay. None at all. Yeah, right? Because they don't have the facilities. They don't have the licensing. They don't have right. it. They had one small catering cart. There were so many avenues. They couldn't set up uh, tents because they have, there was no licensing or room for merchandise, for for jerseys. They could have no done so either. much more and had 
No, wow. no merchandise sales at all. Okay, that's going to like, hurt them all. then. Yeah, I agree. But you have to remember that's what Vaughn is a developing team, right? Like you, they have a whole system of where they develop players. That's maybe not their yeah, first priority. It's it well, they, and they, but they've won the league before. They won it two oh, other they're, times they're prior. The big boys in the league. That's what they do. Yeah, but but it's it's a scenario where I just think because of, of of League One Ontario, and this could be such a good money cap for them. I just think it's a scenario where if they had it in a neutral big stadium, not always Toronto, don't always have to be Toronto, and have it in a nice big stadium, you don't forge, toss it in that fucking stadium, toss it in just just to allow the people to come out because I can guarantee you. If there was public transit access, that number would have been so much higher. The amount of cars there that and people were leaving and turning away or leaving early because they, they were like, well, you know, how am I going to get out? Like, how am I going to leave with all these cars leaving at the same time? So it's a scenario where I think they shot themselves in a foot by by doing that. I don't know what the Blue Devil Stadium's like, so I don't know if it would have been necessarily the same problem. I just think with, with and, and you know what? I, I'm, I might I might be you know put my foot in my mouth now who's to say when promotion relegation isn't isn't there that that's exactly what they do no, yeah, right? exactly we don't know and i think i think they have being ambitious for this league i think it's going to grow um the new commissioner even said if there's promotion relegation he cannot see league one ontario not being part of that in the cpl right so i think the future for league one uh canada and ontario it's going to grow it's going to get better and stuff like that hopefully becomes better but at the moment, I understood that they had to do it this way specifically. I want to end this yeah. on like a happy note and say like um like we had a fantastic blast of three of us covering League One Ontario and League One and League One British Columbia this season. Unfortunately, we've not been able to do PLSQ as much as we want. We'll go. We'll try our best. <laughs> we'll try our best with that for the rest of the year. But like, like if anyone from League One Ontario or League One BC is listening, I just want to say on behalf of all of us, like, thank you for such a great product. It's honestly been a, a pleasure for us to talk about, like, your leagues this season. It's been, it's been fantastic. And if you want to watch League One BC, go to Home Team Live. They've actually given us a promo code. This isn't a sponsorship thing. We legitimately, like, really, really loved watching their broadcasts. FC 13 podcast, all in word. You can get 25% off and it's a really affordable. Like we paid out of pocket to, to watch. Yeah. We didn't even get to use our own fucking promo code. Um, we, we paid out of pocket to, to watch the season. Just genuinely really good quality. You know, League One Ontario is all, all on YouTube. Uh, double check, make sure, watch the games, go out, check them out. It is not the shithousery you think it is it is genuinely a fantastic product and i'm so happy for the end of it and plsq i swear to fucking god we really really want to give you shout outs but we can't because you're not helping us help you help us help you please yeah, honestly <laughs> uh, so michael but, what's gonna be the game next week ooh, we got a fun one it is the U.S. Open, Lamar Hunt, Trophy, Cup, Final, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And you're thinking, what's that going to do with Karen? <laughs> <laughs> We're going down thinking, south next week, boys. You might be thinking, what the fuck wow. that's going to do with Cowboys Canada? Cowboys of Orlando? <laughs> you might be thinking, what the fuck's that going to do with... Yeehaw, my vacation uh, home. Oh, my. You might be thinking, what's that going to do with Canada? Well, there's a Canadian player in the game. And if we could do Rangers... In Europe, because of Scott Arfield, you bet your ass we're doing the U.S. Open final where we have Ekendeli <laughs> or whoever the fuck it is playing for uh, Orlando. But the big reason we're doing it is USL Championship team in the final. Let's go fucking Sacramento, baby. 
I I am all for I I've I've looked at the U.S. Open Cup as an inspiration for for Canada's Voyager's Cup because of how many rounds they have. It's like a you know it's the way the cup mm-hmm. should be. Yeah, yeah. You know you you win you you get a higher position in in where you you kind of face off. You know, like the FA Cup and and like Copa del Rey. You know, so on and so forth. But everyone gets a shot. You have those underdog stories. Exactly. You get this beautiful a, a beauty of an underdog no, story. I, have a, I mean, I have a good start here for Sacramento. By the way, if you guys didn't notice, because they went the furthest team in the USL in the tournament, they got ten thousand dollars from the league. Now that they're playing in the the finals, they're guaranteed awesome. one hundred thousand. If they win, they get three hundred thousand. Now, I, Sacramento is one of the teams that are supposed to be in the MLS. Money is maybe not their issue, but imagine another team doing this. This is massive. So, you know what? Sacramento can lead the pathway to an amazing, amazing cup final. Yeah. I, I, I It'll be exciting. I just think it's exciting when you have, you know, the, those teams that are your fairytale teams. And they earned it. They earned their way in there. It shows, it shows the value. I'd love to see more of it. What's wrong with having more football? Right now, we, we live in the 2022. What's wrong with tossing more teams in there? Sticking a cheap camera on there, DLSR, put it on YouTube, stream it. League One Ontario showed it's viable, it's sustainable. You don't even always need commentary. But just get the league, get the teams on there, get them going, get them moving, put them on one soccer, get those deals we going. We need commentators, we'll do, do it. Something. We'll do it for you guys, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, we will do, yeah, you reach out. Any any Anyone wants to have all three commentators, we will, like, all three of us, 100%, we promise we won't will be get the promise <laughs> i guarantee you not for the third not at least till the third game that's when all bets are off after the third game we make no promises but we need it because it brings more more excitement more generation for fuck's sakes you got 1200 people out to the middle of nowhere in vaughn in an industrial area if you can start pumping this stuff out more often i guarantee you you're gonna get more listeners more watchers more people showing up more money and it just brings more talent it's all about and uh, that it's it's all about that. It makes us all happier. But with that, fortunately, we're going to have to end her there. It is a good note. It's a higher note. Make sure to be checking that game out. It is coming up on September the 7th. So, Michael, do you know where we can watch I, it? I'm um, 90% sure it is going to be on YouTube. So check our Twitter out. If We'll, we'll confirm that for you just so you're, you're 100% aware. That's, again, at FC13 Podcast. And make sure to be checking it out anyways because, again, we retweet a lot of important information and 13thmansports.ca, 13th Man Sports on Twitter is where you're going to see articles from Michael and, as well as Paul. It's They're super, super great and informative, really fun reads. And a lot of like little fun things coming up, especially with World Cup coming up. Things are really going to be kicking into gear. We have a lot of different stuff going on, so make sure you also hit subscribe to both our Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, and YouTube and TikTok. Don't be don't be sleeping on those. You get to look at our beautiful faces and watch me fucking lose it every time I lose this game out of this whole stupid horse shit rigged <laughs> what anyways. But make sure to be checking it out. FC thirteen podcast kind of across the board. Guys, where can we find you personally if we want to jump on? Yeah, you can find me at Paul McNaughty ninety six on Instagram. I'm gonna be going on a holiday for two weeks, so you know, I may put some wee photos up on that for you. And you can find me in Paul's closet. Paul turn around. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's, no! a, he's a ghost in my Celtic jersey. Oh god, it burns. Um, <laughs> uh, now you can find me on Call Me Michael on uh, Twitter and Instagram, where I, I don't really post on Instagram, but occasionally I get through the you know the little 
little flicks, the little picks. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in. You know what? You know what? If you if you guys just start inviting us out to more events, I promise you we'll, we'll promote you more. Or just post my pictures. Cute. Or just do shameless. But yeah. I'm specifically talking. Every time I do this, I'm talking to you, PLSQ. And you can find me at the Andre McRae. Again, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. Make sure to keep, you know go back, watch, listen to a couple episodes, watch a couple episodes now, too. Some of our guest things we have going on. Absolutely incredible. But from everyone here, FC13 Podcast and 13th Man Sports, we loved having you. And remember, listening and watching to FC13 Podcast is like watching football through a microwave. <laughs>